think it's so important for, you know, people just period to seek out health coaches, seek out functional medicine doctors, seek out trainers and advocate for your health. If you don't Mm -hmm. feel good, it's on you to investigate it. Going to your doctor is a great first step, but also know that they are not, you know, this God on a pedestal that knows all, Mm -hmm. you know, your body best, you know, your symptoms best, and you, you have to advocate for yourself. So that's why the burden lies on you to go out and actively pursue healing. Welcome to the Conscious Craft Podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And we are two health coaches on a mission to create a happier world, one thought, one breath, and one bite at a time. We are kicking stress to the curb, and we're not going to take life so seriously. No, and we'd love for you to join, because we're all about community, and we want you to be a part of ours. So head over to the show notes and follow us on social media. We'd love to connect. podcast is brought to you by calm by the conscious craft that's right we are back with a new and improved cbd oil and we cannot wait to share with you guys hell yeah it's extremely clean natural we're proud to say that we use organic ingredients because you know what we care about what we put in our body and we certainly care about what you put in yours that is absolutely correct our cbd is extracted with a co2 extraction process which is the cleanest method of getting you some CBD. And we use the full plant, so you get the amazing benefits of all of the cannabis compounds, minus THC, sorry about that, you're not getting high with this one. No, you're not getting high. No, but it is extremely high in CBD, which is amazing for inflammation and relaxation. It's just another excellent tool in the toolbox to help you chill the heck out. Because we need a little more chill in our lives. Yes, we do. So head over to calmbytcc.com and grab yourself a bottle of this brain lube. <laughs> yep, we said it. <laughs> and use promo code consciouslycalm at checkout to get 10% off. We also wanted to take a moment and share with you guys our amazing coaching programs. If you are looking for a little bit more support in your life besides just taking this delicious brain lube, we are here to help you move past any limiting beliefs that might be holding you back, help clear out those blocks that are just making you feel stuck and tired all the time, and also work through some past traumas that may be reoccurring and coming up in your life. We don't want any of that. Let's get that the hell out of here. Amazing part about our program, too, is that it comes with a bottle of our CBD. Yes, we are basically just your sidekicks in this little game called life, and we want to help you in any way that we can. So please hit us up, reach out to us, let us know where you could use some support. If there's any more information that you would want to hear us talk about, let us know. We are all ears, and we are here for you guys. Absolutely. And we also just wanted to take a moment right now to thank all of you for all of your support. We could not do this without you, and we just want to let you know that we appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. And like Hannah said, if there's anything that we can do to help support you even more, just let us know. (laughs) 
All right, we are so excited to be joined today with Dr. Patty Havey. Thank you so much. You are a naturopathic medicine doctor. You specialize in hormone optimization and fertility. And not to mention, you're also an incredible artist. So thank you so much for spending the time and coming on the show today. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to be with you gals. Yay, super excited. So just jumping into it, could you briefly just describe what a naturopathic medical doctor is and what the difference is from a general MD? Yes, definitely. Great question. So naturopathic medical doctors, we kind of um, take a more integrative root cause approach to disease. And we kind of look at prevention and figure out what's actually causing something. Um, and we, we heal it from there instead of just maybe using a prescription or a surgery just to get rid of a symptom. And we really try to use those symptoms as a message that the body is sending you that something's wrong. We try to figure out what it is that's wrong. Um, we do that doing, uh, using a lot of like lifestyle medicine, herbal medicine, nutritional supplementation. And we also do some kind of funky functional medicine lab testing that just gives us more information about your story. So we just dig a little deeper. Our appointments are usually like an hour long. So we really have time to like dive in and really take a look at your history and just your whole your whole body that's what we do that's fantastic so how did you what's a, what's a little bit of your background how did you get into naturopathic route and going down this road super good question um i always was interested in medicine i always actually was like i'm going to be a pediatric cardiothoracic surgeon i shadowed someone i was like 15 years old and i was like this is it and <laughs> so 15. i went and i got my cna which is a certified nurse's aide um when I was in high school, I like quit the cheer team and I went and pursued this <laughs> and just wanted to get in the hospital as soon as possible. And I was working a lot on like the multiple trauma unit and basically the CNA is like the assistant to the nurses. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you're kind of doing the grunt work of everything and God bless CNAs because they work hard. Yeah. Um, and, but after years, it just like, people were just getting sicker and sicker and I just didn't understand. I just, something just wasn't connecting quite right with me about it. Um, and so I still knew I wanted to do something medicine, but I didn't think that in hospital care was what I wanted. Um, and then my dad actually had a very severe heart attack and thankfully emergency medicine saved his life. Um, however, when I went to his cardiologist with him, his cardiologist was like, well, he's got, you know, to take all these drugs, he's going to need a pacemaker in two years and he'll probably be dead in three to five. And I just sat wow. there and I was like, you saved his life and it's amazing, but you're essentially giving him a death sentence. And so I sought out a naturopathic cardiologist for him, Dr. Decker Weiss, who's amazing. Um, and he saved my dad's life. He looked deep into his blood work, found the root cause of what was causing this, really focused on healing his heart, decreasing inflammation in his vessels in his body. And he's still alive. He's more vital than ever. And I just saw him go from this like gray walking dead man to this just like vital and flourishing wow. you know life instead and I was like this is what I need like the root cause like this is where my heart's at that's uh, incredible yeah so yeah. in your practice you look at a lot of lifestyle changes is Correct. that right okay yes lots of lifestyle changes lots of what's on your plate and what's at the end of your fork Mm -hmm. um, what are you putting in your body? What's around you in your home? And then we, you know, really dig deeper into like hormone issues and uh, food sensitivities and uh, really identify like what it is that's causing, causing our issues and treating those in uh, a more natural way. Right, right. That's awesome. So what made you focus on hormone optimization? What led you down that road? 
another awesome question. Hormones affect everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and throughout medical school, I just saw, you know, everything – People, you know, 99% of people, they have GI stuff or they have hormone issues. And either way, they feel like crud. Um, You know, hormones affect your mood, anxiety, depression, libido, your motivation, your weight gain and your weight loss. They affect your skin, your ability to handle stress, to make babies. Um, They're just so cool and they affect so much. And I just feel like they're ignored so commonly. Um, And I just really feel that you can't really treat a person until you're taking a look at their hormones as well. Yeah, and they're really often overlooked. Yes, no, they hugely are. I know um, I've had patients that have gone to their gynecologist and they say, okay, you know, I'm thinking about having babies in a few years. My periods are super irregular. I'd like to get my hormones tested. And they go, oh, we don't test hormones until you have actively been trying to conceive for a year. And then we run hormones. Oh, wow. It's like, well, why wouldn't we take a look at this? Or, you know, even people with anxiety and depression, like, why aren't we taking a look at how their birth control is affecting their moods or how, you know, their progesterone is totally changed and their cortisol is gone, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it affects so many different things. It's so important, and I, and I think a lot of people just don't realize that. They hear hormones, and I think they think women immediately yes. and don't realize yeah. all of the hormones that are in men, too, and how they can be affecting all different aspects of their life as well. A hundred percent, and it's such a delicate dance, and... You know, we men have the same hormones that we do, and we have the same hormones that men do. We just have them in different levels and different symphonies. So it's finding finding those out and optimizing those the best you can. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's powerful work. I mean, just by shifting somebody's hormone trajectory can completely set them on a different pathway. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. incredible to see the the changes when we really dig in and look at those. So something I'm sure that you talk about often that's really common is adrenal fatigue. Can you just touch on how, and I know that you did already touch a little bit on how hormones can play into anxiety and depression and stress. Can you touch on how stress could relate to adrenal fatigue? Oh, absolutely. So stress is at the root of adrenal fatigue. So what adrenal fatigue is, it's also known as HPA access uh, dysfunction. Um, basically, when we're stressed, we secrete the hormone cortisol, which um, helps us cope with this stress, and you know it, it gives us the ability to do that. It helps us secrete epinephrine and norepinephrine, so we can get that heart rate up and deal with it. Um, there's a book that's called uh, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, and the difference between us and animals is <clears throat> those zebras are running through the, the desert. Um, they're being chased by a lion. Their buddy gets taken down by the lion, and they go right back to eating their grass, and they're okay. Like, cortisol spikes, their epinephrine goes, they run away, and then they're like, okay, I'm good. Frank's gone, but I'm fine. We would be a mess for, like, a month afterwards, and, like, we hold on to that stress, and we don't cope with it super well, and so that just eats away at us over time. Yeah, that makes sense. So... So in your practice, you help people with different ways on how they can cope with their stress so that they're not in that constant state of adrenal fatigue? Yes, we do do that a little bit. And I have some tips for you guys as well, um, just for kind of helping with that that we can chat about um, a little bit later on. But yes, absolutely. It's so so important. Yeah. It's easier said than done as well. It's a lifelong journey, I think. For sure. For sure. So if... If somebody is feeling like they're experiencing um, adrenal fatigue, what are some some signs that they can look for, some common symptoms? Yeah. 
So I kind of categorize it into two different categories. There's a hyper-responsive and a hypo-responsive adrenal response. And that's an oversimplification, but we'll just use that for talking purposes today. So a hyper-responsive person is going to have super high cortisol levels. They're going to have... Um, their cortisol is going to be super high when they try to go to bed at night. They're going to have that wired, tired feeling. You know, they're exhausted, but their mind's racing, their heart's beating, um, super anxious. Um, and those people have high cortisol. We want to modulate that stress and sort of deregulate down that stress response. We also have hypo responders who are just flatline tanks. Like, they're not making cortisol. They are exhausted. They're that person that's reaching for that third cup of coffee in the morning. They're the person that needs that nap at two, and like when their head hits the pillow, like they're out. And those are two different types of adrenal fatigue, and that's why it's important to do um, salivary cortisol testing, so you know kind of what your cortisol curve should look like. Um, your cortisol curve, basically, just because I, I like to give kind of an overview just so people can know, when you wake up in the morning and you see the sun, your cortisol should spike, and that should be your big, happy jump and like get out of bed, go for the day. And then it slowly pitters off through the day and it should be almost nothing at night so that your melatonin can take over. I always say your cortisol is your sun and your melatonin is your moon. Um, and you just really want to follow that pretty pattern. And so that's why salivary cortisol testing is helpful because it tells us where you are in that pattern. The people that are hypo-responsive are not even getting that little blip. They're just flatlining throughout the day. Some people can even have a completely reverse curve, which is very difficult <laughs> to really? fix. But it can happen, yeah. So what does that look like? Um, so those are people that are going to be completely exhausted, not able to get out of bed in the morning, and they're going to feel amazing come 6 p.m. at night and ready to take on the world, and they're not going to be sleeping super great. Wow. It's not fun. No, no. <laughs> a lot of moms and shift workers, you see issues with these patterns because it's all like your circadian rhythms-based as yeah. well. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. And then, okay, so what about for people that, I know you're saying when you rise in the morning and you see the sun and you get that spike, is there something that changes, shifts in the body if you are rising while it's still dark out and you don't see the sun? No, that's a super good question, and that's also why we want to sleep so much later in the winter and it's so hard for us to get up. Um, because our, like, literally our eyes use the light input to wake us up and stimulate, jump that cortisol. So that's why I recommend people actually, you can get light boxes and mimic the sun and you stand in front of those or you go outside the second the sun comes up and just get that light in your face to really trigger that beautiful cortisol jump. That's but it's hard in the winter and it's hard with people who live like in Alaska and stuff because that's all your sight. You know, it's, we're made to move with nature and so it, it does make it difficult in the winter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like that's a great explanation for people because a lot of people do struggle in the winter just feeling yes. extra tired, extra lethargic, harder to get out of bed. Yeah, so like your body wants to sleep. And if you can let it sleep, I always say like the more you can basically follow the earth, the better. Jobs don't always allow for that. But, you know, if you, you know, if you feel like your body wants to go there and, you know, sleep until 7, 7.30 in the winter, in the summer, you're probably going to be up at 5 a.m. with the sun also, yeah. you know? So yeah. you just kind of have to listen to that. It's interesting how our body modulates itself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's super important to know that our bodies are meant to be in line with nature. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of getting up in the morning, getting outside, and just really getting that sun right in your face and just letting those hormones naturally kick in. Yeah. For sure. So the sun does have a big effect on your hormones, too. It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why, you know, looking at computers and cell phones and, you know, everybody's talking about that bad blue light at night now. 
that's stimulating your cortisol production. So, mm. you know, you're trying to get ready for bed and you're scrolling through your phone at maximum brightness, that's going to mess with your melatonin production. You're not going to sleep as well. So that's why I recommend using like the blue blocker glasses at night or doing an orange filter on your screen if you have to be on your computer or do something crazy like read a book with a candle. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> Very old-fashioned. Well, like we're in the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to do once no, in a while. Oh, it is. Yeah. No, it is. It is. And that's, you know, that's the thing that we've, we're, we've gotten away from it so much in our society now because we are so hooked to our computer screens, to our cell phones. And so... You know, the fact yeah. that reading a book by candlelight does seem like a novel concept is, is almost crazy, right? <laughs> because right. It's like, oh, you would have a bedtime ritual? That's insane. Right. Yeah. And that is one thing I focus with my parent or my patients is um, just really making that lifestyle switch to not feeling guilty about taking care of yourself and saying, mm-hmm. like, I have my bedtime. I have my bedtime ritual and not feeling, you know, we have, like, this hustle, hustle, hustle generation and it's like, well, what if, like, taking care of yourself is the new hustle? And you can hustle harder during the day because you have that time. Yes, that you exactly. I feel like we're shifting that way because for so yeah. long it's, like, the the mindset is that if you're not hustling, you're not working hard enough, you're not going to make it. And I, right. think, I think we're starting to shift the other direction because people are sick. Yes, so sick. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, and that that's really interesting about the blue light causing a spike in cortisol. I had heard that it puts a stop on melatonin, but you coupled yeah, that. Yeah, just because they're kind of inverse, it's kind of playing with that. Yeah, I'd never heard mm-hmm. of that. But if you think about it, when you're in your bed scrolling, you're on social media. Yeah, you know, you're 100%. Probably, your stress hormones are probably triggered in more ways than one when you're doing that. Uh, heck yeah, yeah. yeah. And it is, I even find it in myself, and I'm guilty of it too, you know. I can't sleep at night, and instead of turning around and picking up a book or listening to a meditation, I get out my phone, and I will, if I get out my phone, I'm up for three hours. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going back to bed anytime soon, whereas if I do the other things, you know, 30, 45 minutes, I'm just not. So, right. it's fun to trial and error and pay attention to those changes in yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important, too, the trial and error part, mm-hmm. because, yes. you know, it. we all are experimenting with what works best for us. There are things that you, you know, okay, you know, staring at the blue light, this is what's going to happen to the hormones in your body. But yes. when it comes to what you do instead, experiment. Try something yeah. out, you know, see if it works for you. I'm all about it. And my, like, biggest thing in medicine is, like, nothing is one size fits all. Yeah. And everything's going to be different for everybody. So that's why, like, even when I give advice online, you know, it may apply to some people and it totally doesn't apply to other people. And that's because our bodies are so intricate, which is amazing, but it takes different treatment protocols to tweak for every single person. Which is also why it gets very overwhelming, like, listening to things online and being, you know, hey, I need to take this herb, this herb, this herb, this herb, this herb, and four of them are working against each other, you know? It's helpful. Like, I even have a naturopathic doctor. Somebody pull me in and, you know, get to the root of what's going on. You just, it's nice to get out of yourself and have a second set of eyes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. And at the same time, have some self-awareness and not take everything in. A hundred percent, yes. So true. I love that. So true. Um, Okay, so let's, can we can we continue talking about stress a little bit more? So, Absolutely. So I think it's hard for people sometimes to um, conceptualize that if you get stressed out about something, you're stressed out at work, 
you're stressed out, something with your partner, something with your family, how that can directly affect your body physically. I think a lot of yeah. people think about stress as just a mental thing and mm -hmm. don't realize the physical toll that it's taking on your body. Um, yeah. So we've talked about cortisol a little bit. Do you mind just going into how chronic stress, um, long-term stress really can create adverse uh, effects on your body? A hundred percent. So <clears throat> the way I kind of like to look at it is our adrenal glands secrete like almost all of our cortisol. It's it's 95% of it's made there. Some of it is made in our fat, which is another vicious cycle in itself. Um, but your adrenal's job mainly is to help you handle that stress. Your adrenal glands also make your sex hormones. A lot of them are made in your ovaries, um, but a good chunk of them are made in your adrenals. Um, and if you look at a hormonal pathway, basically from cholesterol and how it trickles down into all your sex hormones and stress hormones, um, when you're stressed, your body's making cortisol, you're shunting all of your resources to make cortisol, which means you're not making estrogen, you're not making progesterone, you're not making testosterone. Mm. Your body's like, heck no, are we making a baby right now? I'm running away from a lion and I'm scared to death. So babies are put on hold. Mm. And your body literally shunts in that direction and it just can mess everything up. It's, it's crazy. So that can really cause some infertility issues. It does. It absolutely does. Yep. And it affects everybody differently. Like some people, it will totally tank their DHEA. Other people, it'll spike it like crazy, spike their male hormones. Um, yeah, it's, it's nuts. And it's, it's tough to filter through. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you recommend in your practice to help people reduce some of the symptoms of stress so that they don't yeah. have that effect in their body? Definitely. Um, I, you know, and everybody says it, and I think that it's always kind of irritated me that everybody does, but meditation, and I think that when you hear meditation, I can't sit there and just be quiet and watch my thoughts. I, I'm, you know, that type A, always moving person, um, but taking that time for mindfulness and breath work, I think is so essential. Um, I don't know if meditation is sometimes a little too cliche but just taking those three to five minutes every morning um i use the unplug app is what i use yeah. um there's well, so many calm headspace everything yeah. but i need somebody telling me breathe this way breathe mm -hmm. out that way right. like focus on this part of your body and so i i would encourage people you know meditation is so important but a doing it consistently and b finding a form of meditation that, or breath work that works for you mm -hmm. um I, it's frustrating to not be able to fit into something that you feel like you want to be able to do but Really, like that's the only time when you're just fully present and you get to turn off the past, turn off the future, and like it's your off switch. You just get to like be for a few minutes, and um, it's just resetting that pattern of like, okay, I can just be at peace for a second. Mm -hmm. um, so that, and then also my big thing is with stress, you're dealing with so much mental stress, but also um, not eating well and environmental stressors is another form of stress on your body. So I don't love people killing themselves with cardio. I think it, sometimes it can be too intense and too depleting. So I'm a bigger proponent for just strength training, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and focus on, on that. Um, also, you know, just things like getting plenty of sleep, like making sure you're getting those eight hours of sleep, not in bed for eight hours, but literally you are asleep for eight hours. Mm -hmm. You know, drinking tons of filtered water, not being afraid to eat salt. When your adrenals are depleted, you're excreting more salt. It messes with your aldosterone, which kind of keeps – our blood pressure in check um, and we can actually excrete more salt some people find that they urinate constantly when they're under stress and um, so always drinking like electrolytes and salt I'm a huge fan it's been demonized but if you have blood pressure issues 
hit it. Yeah. Yeah. So those would sort of be like my biggest things. And also eating regularly, eating whole foods, anti-inflammatory foods, um, not counting your calories too closely because that's a stress on your body as well. Just making sure your body's constantly fed um, with good things as well. Yeah, that's great. I love that too because that is something that people can actually do more harm to their body if they're hyper, hyper focused on the exact amount of calories that they're consuming. Um, 100%. Yeah. And so it could actually, it could hurt you it's more. It's putting your body into a state of scarcity. And, right. you know, and actually you're going to gain more weight when you're stressed and your adrenals aren't working well. So you're doing yourself a disservice when you're with like that crazy caloric restriction and like doing 12 soul cycle classes a week, right. you know. That's so true. And doing the lifestyle practices like you're talking about, the meditation, that lowers your cortisol levels. Which, 100%. As we know, cortisol causes belly fat or you to hold on to belly fat. So yep. doing those practices, you're going to be 100%. physically it all, feeling better. all just taking good care of yourself. Everything's going to work better when for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of working against your body constantly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay, so just to shift gears a little bit, still talking in the the hormone range. So um, I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, I found out when I was 16 years old. It's been something that I've been working through um, most of my life. And so I was just wondering if you can describe a little bit about PCOS and what's the difference between adrenal-based and insulin-based. Super good question. And I think PCOS is so common and it's almost becoming like a diagnosis of exclusion. You know, we don't know why your periods are messed up, your hormones are funny, you have hair here, you have fat there, so we're just going to call it PCOS. Yeah. And it can be from a bunch of different causes and it affects everybody in different ways. Um, So I always say there's like adrenal base, which is kind of what we touched on earlier, where you're shunting everything towards cortisol and that's messing with your sex hormones. And because you're messing with your sex hormones, your periods are irregular, you have high testosterone, your insulin's going crazy. Um, and then there's also insulin-based. Um, and having hyperinsulinemia can cause something called high prolactin. And prolactin is a hormone that talks in your brain. Um, and it talks to another hormone called luteinizing hormone in your brain, which is supposed to talk to your ovaries. And um, there's a school of thought that when that LH is high, it's gonna stimulate your follicles to make more androgens and more testosterone. Mm-hmm and it's gonna shut down estrogen progesterone production. Hmm. Um, so that's why metformin is such a common treatment for PCOS because you're, it's working on the insulin piece. But for everybody, that's not necessarily the case. Their hemoglobin A1C can look beautiful, but they're still having cycles every 90 days and their ovaries are full of cysts. Right. So do you, is metformin something that you recommend in your practice or do you talk about different alternatives? Yeah, so um, sometimes I do use metformin. Um, I think it definitely has a time and a place for people in certain conditions of PCOS. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, there's a lot of herbs that do a really great job with insulin regulation. Also, if the diet's crap, um, you know, you're not fixing anything. So I also really like to focus on that. Um, the ketogenic diet, for example, works wonderfully for resetting people with insulin-based PCOS. Like, to the extent where when people start a ketogenic diet and they have PCOS, I say make sure you're using protection because, like, random pregnancies just pop up because the hormones all of a sudden are like, yay! Um, Wow. But. (laughs) Good to know. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
common allopathic treatments are just throwing people back on birth control, which doesn't fix anything. Mm. Um, it fixes you for the time being, but you come off it and you're still going to have the same symptoms probably. Right. If not, be worse for the wear, which right. stinks because if people are getting off birth control, they probably won't have babies. Right. Um, and then spironolactone, another allopathic treatment, drop testosterone levels, which again is great. It's dropping testosterone, helping with your acne, helping with that hair growth. However, it's not fixing the issue again, so what happens when you stop spironolactone? Right. Um, so I do use metformin sometimes. I do say anyone that's using it, though, um, try to make sure it depletes like B12 and magnesium. So it's important to be supplementing those nutrients that it does strip while you're taking it. Mm -hmm. But from an integrated perspective of PCOS, um, we'll use metformin, insulin, sensitizing herbs such as like berberines, N-acetylcysteine, vitamin C, Vitex or chase trees is a herb that gets used a lot, myelinositol, antioxidants, and again, like just a lot of work on that diet therapy, making sure that, you know, we're optimizing insulin and blood sugar levels. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard um, a lot of people talk about reducing or eliminating um, gluten and dairy from your diet. Is that yeah. something that, that you talk about yes. with PCOS? And I never like to say any, you know, anything is one size fits all, but gluten it is just so commonly problematic, as is dairy. Mm -hmm. And... You know, if you're struggling with your hormones, it's it's never is going to be bad for you to get rid of gluten and dairy. Yeah, yeah. you don't need it. Um, it's so inflammatory. It rips up your gut. It it causes inflammation. Um, it which in turn affects your hormones. And yeah, I always we can ditch it. Yeah. We're gonna go for it. <laughs> <laughs> to figure out whether you're adrenal based or insulin based with PCOS. Do you suggest testing? Is that the best way? Or are there common symptoms? A hundred percent. Get your hormones run um, and get an extent. Talk, talk with a functional medicine doctor as well because oftentimes they'll run more hormones than your doctor would run. Um, we're looking at progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. We're looking at DHEAS, D-H-E-A-S. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> so you're coming out right. Um, yeah. you know, take a look at those and it's, it's helpful to get your hemoglobin a1c done check your insulin levels look at your lipid levels look at your cholesterol and by the way i'm a fan of cholesterol i don't want it to be sky high but yeah. it needs to be in a happy zone so that you can produce all of your hormones from it right because yeah. cholesterol is your building block so um yeah and of course in addition to those hormones always thyroid because thyroid can play in so much with our sex hormones so. right right because there, there are a lot of women that have PCOS that can then, in turn, have thyroid issues, correct? Yes, uh, totally. And that's where that Hashimoto's component comes in. Mm. Gluten's such a huge trigger of that. So that's why it's always like what you said earlier, throw gluten to the curve and do some more investigating. So even, even with people that don't suffer from PCOS but maybe have issues with their hormones, or, I mean, anyone in general, is gluten and dairy something that you typically recommend people staying away from? Um, yes, especially especially gluten for sure. Dairy, some people do okay with like raw dairy. Some people do okay with organic. You know, definitely there's the cases if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Everybody loves their cheese, right? Right. But I think, you know, when you're sick and you're symptomatic, it's it's worth looking into for sure. Yeah, that's, that's really Which powerful. Cause I, what was that? <laughs> Which is not fun. I understand. My husband's like, I can't imagine a life without pizza. But it's, you know, you got to do what you got to do to yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah. So. And, you know, honestly, you get used to it, too. I, I felt yep. the same way. My sister has celiac. And when she originally went gluten-free, 
I, I was young, I think, I, I don't remember, I was probably about 16 or something like that, and my uh-huh. was like, I could never imagine taking right. gluten or Until you feel like crap, and yeah. then you're like, I need to make this change. Mm-hmm. And then once you do, you get, it, you get used to it, and there are so yep. many other options and so many alternatives, so it 100%. really, it's the, it's the scariness of the thought of eliminating yeah. it that is worse than actually eliminating it, because then you end up feeling so much better. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. So that's why I always just try to get people to give me, you know, three to six weeks of trying it, see how you feel. Three weeks, they're usually sold. Mm-hmm. It sucks. They get through it, and then they're like, "But I feel better than I felt in five years." So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have any thoughts while we're talking on nutrition about um, a plant-based diet versus a diet that includes meat? Great question. Obviously, a hot topic and controversial. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually okay with people doing what feels best for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, I am a huge um, fan of meat consumption. I just, you get amino acids and fats um, that that you need from meat. So good grass-fed sources is important, 100% wild-caught fish. Uh, but I, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm in the category of I don't, I don't hate meat. I think for some people, plant-based diet is appropriate, Mm -hmm. especially, um, with certain medical conditions and whatnot, but, I like, you know, kind of just the Paleolithic diet, ancestral diet, for sure. And going towards the clean meats. Super clean meats, lots of veggies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that is is great to know, too, because, you know, I think a lot of people try out different diets to see what works for them. And also understanding that sometimes one diet isn't going to always feel as good for you as it did at, at a certain point. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And also, um, just, you know, in working with anxiety and depression patients, like I do find that people that are getting those amino acid building blocks and those B vitamins from meat, it really does make a difference. And, uh, I do like to see people on it, but I also respect people's wishes and, um, their ethics behind things as well. I, one thing with the, um, you know, vegan stuff, sometimes I find people kind of turning into like carbitarians and, you know, doing just so as long as it's truly plant-based, I, I love that, and I think that there's always a place for it, but I guess that's where my two cents lie. Oh, well, that's actually interesting. I'm sorry. So for people that are struggling with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. um, you do find that having uh, meat in your diet does help because of the, the B12 vitamins? Yep. <clears throat> you get B vitamins from your meat, and you also get amino acids, and from amino acids is how you synthesize your neurotransmitters. So. I always, and your B vitamins are all your pre, your um, cofactors for creating all your neurotransmitters. So I just say the more building blocks you can have, really the better. That's great. For those yep. that are vegan, which I'm sure are, some of our listeners are, do you suggest totally. supplements that could help with that? Yep, absolutely. And usually people that are vegan are super well-researched and well-read, and they know what they need to be supplementing. But for sure, B vitamins um, are important, just making sure they're getting those complete whole proteins with amino acids and everything is definitely essential Great. and they'll know they'll know if they're not getting it they won't feel so hot um mm-hmm. but yeah like i said vegans are usually super smart super well researched and i admire them so much and uh, they usually do a good job but yep definitely a little bit of supplementation yeah yeah well it's definitely i mean such a fad now that there's got to be a lot of vegans that also have no idea what they're doing <laughs> Yeah. You are you are correct. You are correct. And <laughs> yeah. I guess that would be my word of caution to them is if you're going to do it, just make sure you're doing it correctly. 
yeah. And, and protecting yourself and your health. And if it doesn't feel so good, then then look into it and make sure you're you're covering all your bases for sure. Yeah. I mean, I can even speak on that from personal experience too. I've been mostly plant based for awesome. about three years now, and just Cute. recently, the past maybe like what month or two, I've been craving meat very Interesting. much. Yeah, and I'm and I'm noticing that I'm not feeling as great. Also, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit more tired, more lethargic, and mm-hmm. so. Whereas in the beginning, when I started down that plant-based journey, I was feeling phenomenal. I lost yeah. weight. I felt great. I was super 100%. energized. Now, three years later, with however my body is shifting, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm craving it. And I'm, it, yeah. I'm realizing that I'm thinking it's maybe time to start incorporating it into my diet again. A little now and then, see how you do. And yeah. my one thing is just, you know, plant-based switching back to me. Just make sure you get some good digestive enzymes on board just because your body might not be able to or might not be used to secreting all the uh, enzymes that it usually needs to break down meat. So, you know, the thing with betaine, HCL, and, you know, a few other digestive enzymes is just nice for easing back into that transition. Um, but it's all good. I love plant-based. Uh, my medical school, we have, like, a whole plant-based program that we put patients through, and they get tremendously better. So I, I do love it. Um but yeah, as far as kind of long term, that's that's me. But yeah. it's me, and I support anybody in whatever they're doing. Right? Yeah, because everybody's different. That's something that we've always mm-hmm. talked about too in our practice. Um, yeah. Even though both of us are plant based, we we're very much just like, hey, if it's not if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. Just figure out what works best for your body. A hundred percent. I love that. And again, that my line comes up again, like medicine is not one size fits all. No. Nothing is one size fits all for everybody. So not very cool. I feel like that's such a huge message for everybody to take away from this is that it is absolutely not one size fits all. We are all mm-hmm. different. We are all individual. We all need different things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, our current medical model doesn't tell you that. Your general MDs, it is one-size-fits-all model. A hundred percent. And that's why I think it's so important for, you know, people, just period, to seek out health coaches, seek out functional medicine doctors, seek out trainers, and advocate for your health. If you don't Mm -hmm. feel good, it's on you to investigate it. Going to your doctor is a great first step, but also know that they are not, you know, this god on a pedestal that knows all. Mm -hmm. You know your body best, you know your symptoms best, and you, you have to advocate for yourself Doctors are so busy now. They're so controlled by, you know, big pharma and insurance companies, and it's not their fault at all. Um, They just don't have the time. And so that's why the burden lies on you to go out and actively pursue healing in a lot of different ways. Yeah, that's such an important message for people because I think you're totally right. You go to your doctor thinking they're going to know all of the answers, even though you might only spend 10 minutes with them. And they Mm -hmm. give you a pill to heal whatever symptom you have. But I think we do put them on a pedestal and think that they're going to, they have our best interests, which most of them do, obviously, of course, do. But they don't, they don't spend enough time with you. They don't know what you're doing day in and day out and eating and your lifestyle choices. A hundred percent. And that's why I think, you know, and it comes back to just that investing in yourself and, you know, people don't want to. It doesn't sound sexy or fun to hire an accountability coach, a health coach, a naturopath, mm-hmm. a trainer. But those are your best investments. If you feel amazing, everything in your life is more plentiful and more beneficial. And it all just comes right back to 
Um, and it's just taking a step back, though, and saying, okay, I need to bite the bullet and, you know, I need to buy the more expensive organic foods. I need to invest in quality supplements. I need to invest in a healthcare team, mm-hmm. you know? Is there is there a brand of supplements that you like that you recommend to your patients, or is it something that's they have to get directly through you? Yeah, um, so I am super picky about supplements just because I think that there's unfortunately a lot of junk on the market because it's not regulated. Right. It's nice that it's not regulated, though, in a way, because we can have more things on the market that's not controlled by big business as much. Yeah. Um, but I am I use uh, Full Scripts, which is a professional-grade supplement uh, distrib- distribution company. Right. Um, and so I have all my patients buy my supplements from there. I don't have one brand that I like. I like different products from different companies, and I think people get the best results that way. Um, I think there's a time and a place for being able to just pick up something easy at Sprouts you know, or your health food store. And there's a time and a place to invest in a quality supplement that's actually going to give you therapeutic dosing and potency and you know what's on that label is actually in the, that capsule and you're going to get results from it mm-hmm. yeah yeah so maybe going to cvs for all of your vitamins is not the best you're, you're not getting what you need i can guarantee it yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, um, it just comes down to like for example you know you guys probably know this one um uh, cyanocobalamin is the cheap form of B12, which a lot of, if you look on the shelf, and it, they're getting better now, but that's what's on there. Um, but what your body really can better use is the methylated form of B12. You don't have to methylate it yourself in your liver. And some people do have methylation issues, which is that MTHFR genetic mutation we're hearing a lot about. Um, but so that's an example of just the supplement forms being in the form that your body can most readily use and absorb. It's important. So that's why it matters. And um, and that's why sometimes you can spend $40 on something random you found on the internet and feel nothing from it because right. it's, not what it, it's not what it says it is or it's not what you needed. Can you, can you talk about the MFTR? It, is that what it is? MTHFR. M- MTHFR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a genetic mutation, and it basically affects the way you methylate things. So it affects the way your detoxification pathways in your liver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just finding that people who take, for example, uh, a lot of times people with these genetic mutations, if they take folic acid, it actually gunks up their liver because their body's not able to add a methyl group onto that. And so it actually kind of junks up your body instead. So MTHFR is very interesting. And you can actually get that raw data done by 23andMe. Mm -hmm. And you can get your raw data and you can run it through. uh, Dr. Ben Lynch is an awesome naturopathic doctor. His specialty is genetic testing. And he created something called Stratagene. And you can literally put your raw DNA into that, and it will spit out, uh, you have this SNP, it's likely you feel this way, and these are like the nutrients that can help kind of balance that. He wrote an awesome book called Dirty Genes, which wow. is super good if anybody's wow. interested in genetic mutation and yeah. SNPs. And they're fun, but like, trust me, you can go down a rabbit hole on yeah. those babies. And you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, the whole test thing. But uh, it's fascinating, and uh, you know, I always say with a grain of salt, but definitely look into it because it, it it can make a difference to make sure you're appropriately supplementing for those SNPs. Great, great. That's that's really good information to know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the that's kind of the future as these tests start to progress and people can get their genetics tested, all these different tests, especially at a young age, you can be like, well, you're you have potential to develop this, 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 and yeah, I think 100%. people are going to have a more of a structured way of how to eat and how to live. A hundred percent. I always say genetics is like a choose your own adventure novel. So these are your genetics. 
but how you choose to eat and live your lifestyle and what environment you choose to surround yourself in is going to turn on and turn off genes, and that's what's going to give you your ending. So it's your control to control your story, basically. Yeah, that's a really cool way to think about it, to turn on and turn off genes. Like, Mm -hmm. almost like a switchboard, and you can do it, just depending on what you put in your body, what you surround yourself with. Yeah, and on that note, too, of, like, the accessibility to genetic testing and everything now, you can order labs for yourself. Um, I recommend getting them interpreted with a professional, but it's nice if your doctor's not going to order you labs. You can actually go and order labs for yourself online, go to a draw station, and get them drawn now, which is very cool. Um, And I think that's empowering for people to have their own health information. Little potential for abuse and kind of becoming your own doctor and getting yourself into sticky situations, but it's nice if a doctor's not going to order labs for you, you you still can get solutions and find somebody who can help you interpret that data. Do you have a specific place that you would recommend people go? Um, the one that comes to mind is truehealthlabs.com okay. is one that you can order them for yourself. I Like, for example, I live in Arizona, and in Arizona you can actually, they passed a law and you can order any labs for yourself, which is very cool. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That is really mm-hmm. cool. Seems like that should have never been a law. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it's that slippery slope, but... Uh, I, I think, it, you know, if MDs aren't, you know, always willing to run stuff, it's nice to be able to get that information for yourself, and you deserve solutions. Absolutely, absolutely. So, with your practice, um, do you mainly meet with people in person, or do you meet with people online as well? Yeah, so I do um, all consultations online via phone and video. Um, I just think that our medicine needs to get out there and be more than in just one city. Mm-hmm. And I work with people actually all over the world, which is super fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so I work with people with their primary care physician. I'm totally a friend of them. We communicate. And uh, at the end of the day, our patients are a priority. And um, yeah, so all just via secure video conferencing. That's great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where, where can somebody find you if, they, if they're interested in getting a hold of you? And yeah, so uh, akatiointegrative.com, um, or you can follow me on Instagram at dr.patty underscore Haiti, H-A-E-D-E. <laughs> we'll add that in the podcast notes in the narco cool. post. And our listeners can look at your amazing art. Yeah, Absolutely. it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. So do you mind just touching a little bit on how you started painting and the combination of both passions of yours? Yeah, no, absolutely. I've always been just sort of a creative person. You know, I always had like the medical nerdy science side, but I also was always making stuff with my hands or doing stuff myself or painting, decorating. Um, And I guess it's just been a nice creative outlet for me. I'm all about balance in life. And, you know, I think that we get so caught up in our careers that we forget that we can have hobbies too. And we also forget that our hobbies can mesh with our careers. Yeah. Um, And so in medical school, I always was looking at these boring textbooks, which still were beautiful and amazing medical art, but didn't quite fit my aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just sort of was a chance for me to make, educating my patients a little bit more fun a little more beautiful and uh, just surround yourself with the beauty of, that is the human body and is health and so that's, I, I do love doing it it's very very fun and uh, it's fun to see people's reactions too oh for yeah. sure for sure and my must be a nice therapy too Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, it's super fun. And it's been another fun way to connect with people around the world. I mean, like I just shipped a painting off to Australia the other day, and I was like, this is this is cool. This is a way that we can all, you know, keep that conversation about medicine going and definitely well needs, yeah. Definitely, and pull the creative side Piece into, into it. it. Yeah, yeah. 
Super Install cool. Sides of the brain. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everyone just needs to just head over to your Instagram and check out all of your beautiful paintings. <laughs> awesome. I would love that. And I'm always taking suggestions for different pathways or processes or bacteria or an anatomical parts people like. So it's always fun to hear what people want. Um, oh, cool. And every painting kind of ends up having a story of someone whose idea it was and everything. So that's it's fun. awesome. That's yeah. Really awesome. That's a great way to build community too. Yes. For sure. Um, okay, so just as we wrap up here, do you have any closing notes that you want to leave our listeners about general stress reduction and hormone optimization? Um, I just would say advocate for yourself and don't settle for mediocre health. Um, take action, seek out solutions, and uh, get better. Start that health journey. That's perfect. Yes. That's perfect. Yes. Well, thank Love you it. so much for spending thank the time Thank you for helping, having me. You guys are amazing. Uh, I had a complete blast. You guys are joys. Oh, uh, so are you, and you yes. are just chock full of so much amazing information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a word vomiter. It was, I'm always a little information dense, so I hope it wasn't too much. But Oh, it's great. Perfect, but, perfect. We'd love to have you on again, too. So awesome. Anytime. I'd love to. Sounds great. Wonderful. Yay. All right, well, thank you so much, and we will talk soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.